Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Aubrey CD Speaks. We have arrived, folks. That's right, we have arrived. I want to start this season with a very basic. Are you born again? Now, in other episodes, I did end it with giving the gospel and saying, you know, if listening to this this episode or other episodes on this podcast and you've realized you're not born again and I've given you a little bit of a gospel. But I want to start this season knowing that I've I've begun it this way and knowing that if you continue to listen to this podcast, you know where you stand because our lives in our eyes may last for a long time. We have no guarantee of what our tomorrow is and what our tomorrow looks like. Our lives in the shape of eternity is so small and so fleeting that it's, you know, the the Bible talks about how our lives are but a vapor. It's up in the wind, you know? (laughs) that's a vapor it's that's it it's just a breath it's just a breath it's not even a long one I want you to continue listening to this podcast knowing where you stand knowing whether or not you are born again for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast I want you to know this Your life matters to me. And the reason your life matters to me is because my life mattered to Christ. And he brought, in 2007, he put in my path people I did not know. Strangers I never met just random people none of them friends or family just random people for an entire year they came across my path and they gave me the gospel sometimes it was just this that I'll never forget this man he was just this random guy this African American guy standing in front of the bookstore that I worked at And handing these little booklet, this little booklet, you know, two-page booklet, that said, Jesus loves you. And I never took his booklet. I told him every time I saw him, hey, I already told you I'm a Christian, and walked away. And he'd ask me, but do you know Jesus loves you? so annoyed with that man how dare he ask me if Jesus loves me I want you to know right now I'm going to stop at this moment and say this little rabbit trail thing if anyone has ever questioned whether or not you are born again and you have grown offended let me tell you something I have been there and guess what I was not born again I was not born again, and I got so mad and so offended. How dare they 
ask me whether or not God loves me or I know it or whether or not I'm born again or even have the audacity to question whether or not I'm saved, whether or not I'm a Christian. How dare they? I was in the same shoes. I was mad at those people too. And guess what? I was not born again. I lived this Christian persona, but I was not a Christian. I grew up in church. I was not a Christian. I so enjoyed Ashton Parsley's uh, Instagram, uh, this little clip of this video where she's standing up on the stage at her, her father's church and she's talking to people and she's letting them know. And she's talking to church people. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church. And I'm listening to her and I'm like, yeah, yeah, they live two lives. They live double lives. They're not born again. And they will convince you that they are born again and they will say all the right words and they will do all the right things, but they are going to hell if they die that day. And I'm listening to her and I'm like, yep, that was me right there. Church girl, knew everything, lived a double life. That was me. And I love the message that she gave. I loved it. It was just this clip that I got to see. It was so good and it was so true. And I don't know, Ashton, if you're (laughs) listening to this, but go, girl. You just keep saying what the Lord is telling you to say. You just let it out raw because God's using you and he's going to change lives because of the words that you are not afraid to speak. So you just continue going. You just continue moving. You You just continue running the race because the Lord's using you. And I enjoyed what you said, and God bless you. Just be blessed. May the Lord multiply in your life. May he increase his love, increase his presence, increase the joy. May he, may he bless everything that comes across your hands. And everywhere you go, may you just walk in that authority that the Lord's given to you. Okay, rabbit trail done. <laughs> But I was that person. I lived the Christian life, but I was not born again. And I lived a completely different life when I was not at church or around church people. And I had myself convinced that I was okay. And so for an entire year in 2007, I had people giving me the gospel and I was so offended and I showed them in every way I wasn't a Christian while telling them I was a Christian. I grew up in church. I've been baptized. I said the sinner's prayer. I did all that stuff, but I was not born again. I had not repented of my sin. I just said words. And so... It doesn't even matter right now if you said the words or you've been baptized and you grew up in church, it matters not in the grand scheme of things when you stand before God and he is going to judge the living and the dead. But when you stand before God, 
He's not going to say, oh, you put in your time because you were a church kid and you said the right prayers enough enough of times and you lifted up your hands at the right time and you were baptized. And It matters not how often and how many hours you put into children's church. This is not community service. You don't get certification for all the time that you spent at church. It matters not in the grand scheme of things. What matters is whether or not you've repented of your sin. Because there will, there will come a day when you will stand before God. Everyone will stand before God. It doesn't matter if you grew up Buddhist. It doesn't matter if you grew up Muslim. It doesn't matter if you grew up an atheist, an agnostic. It doesn't matter if you are a PK. It doesn't matter if you grew up Pentecostal. It doesn't matter if you grew up Baptist. It matters not if you are a Calvinist. It does not matter. He's not going to ask you what ist you are when you stand before him. He's going to look at whether or not you are clothed in the righteousness of his son, Jesus. If eternity with him is on you, do you look like him? Do you sound like him? We talk about the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. We talk about that so often in the church. When that boy came running to his father, he didn't come running to him just because he was sorry. He came running to him in humility, saying, I am willing to be a servant in your house. You don't even need to call me your son. Don't claim me. Just let me be a servant in your house. I will serve you all the days of my life and I will ask you for nothing. Just let me be here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who your grandfather is. My my husband likes to talk about well, he doesn't like to talk about, but he gives this example. But one day he was out, I think it was in Fort Worth, but he was out evangelizing. And he happened to walk up to this young man, and he's given him the gospel. And the young man stopped him and he told him, do you know who I am? Do you know who my grandfather is? And he gives the name of this very well-known pastor on TV, Evangelist, he's well known, especially in Texas. And my husband Kenneth is like, I don't care who he is. What matters is you. Sadly, that that young man walked away and all offended at Kenneth because Kenneth dared to come up to him, not knowing who he is and who his grandfather is. He grew up in church. He grew up around pastors. He grew up around this very important denomination. And he walked away from truth because of who he is. 
It does not matter who you are, who your parents are, who your grandfather is. God won't care. If you're not born again, if you have not repented of your sin, if you have not detested the way God detests the sin in your life, and you haven't cried out to Jesus to for him to take you away for the from the very flesh of sin that you hate so much and to remove you from the weight and the burden of sin then you are not born again and if you die tonight you will go to hell and if you are not born again you will know how real it is because that is where you will spend your eternity and I don't say this out of hatred I don't say this out of judgment I say this out of love and desperation you don't know be honest with yourself are you really born again I mean doesn't matter what people say or has said to you that sounds so nice you need to smell the cornflakes be honest if you stood before God because God is going to judge that's it he's just he is merciful while you are on this earth He is loving. He is kind. He is giving you time to humble yourself. But you have to be honest with yourself. Moment of honesty. Are you born again or not? Have you actually cried out to Jesus? Have you actually repented of your sin? I will tell you, you can just say the words and there be no repentance. You can even be sorry and there be no repentance. I know from experience, I'm coming to you from experience. This church kid has had experience. You can say all the right words and yet not have repented. You can do all the right things. You can sound legit. You can look legit. But are you legit? If you stood in the Holy of Holies right now, just like the priest did, will you die in the presence of God? where they have to drag you out by the rope that's on your ankle because of the sin on you? Or can you go in and do and be in the presence of God and hear God? I mean, it's, it's, it's that real. It's, and I mean, I know people have said, you know, there's no healing today. There's no Holy Spirit today. It was for certain people for a certain time. And there's these certain and there's these certain things that are no longer, you know, for the church and blah, 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 hogwash. Everything is true today as it was then. God is judge. Jesus, 
Jesus suffered and died for the sin that you carry on your life right now if you are not born again. He paid the price for the sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And he took your sin upon himself and paid that fine. And that fine was death. And he died and he was put into a grave. And he paid the penalty of your sin. And three days later, he rose again, victorious over death. Because sin brings death every time. We are born into sin. And now we have the ability to not have to die in sin. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice he paid for everyone on this earth. There is not a maybe you, but me. There's, 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 there's not a lottery number that you have because you're of the elect. Everybody has an opportunity to cry out to Jesus and repent of their sin. That means you and me and the person next to you and the person that um, you see driving in a car recklessly or that person that's honking at you behind you or um, maybe the little one that's sleeping beside you. The lady at the checkout line. Everyone will face death and will come face to face with God, including yourself. You're not safe just because you go to church now. You're not safe if you're not born again. There has to be, there has to be a change, but not just in your actions. You can try and be good. And I I put these parentheses around good since you can't see me. I put parentheses around good and try to act right. I have a friend, he loves to tell his testimony, God bless him, and he talks about how, I mean, he was a PK, he was a church guy, and he talks about how he, ever so often he would try to be good. And then he would slip and be bad, and it just never worked. You know, he would say hi, basically, hi, I'm so-and-so, and it's been three days since I've sinned. I feel so good about myself. It, it, it's not that way. You can't, it's, it's not like that. God has to come down. God has to answer your cry of repentance. And, and you have to have the faith that he's going to answer you. If you cry out in repentance, he comes and he removes your heart of, fe- of stone, it says in Ezekiel. He removes your heart of stone and he puts in you a heart of flesh. There is an action that's done to your cry he acts upon it and he changes you Paul says you become a brand new person the old has died away and everything becomes new everything is washed in the very blood that Jesus poured out for us that we may be called children of God it's a transformation you are a completely different person. Your heart is softened to the things of God and there's a love that's poured out in you. Those people that were 
jerks to you and you would react because they're jerks when you're born again it just doesn't you just don't react that way anymore my testimony man have I ever told you guys my testimony <laughs> my testimony after I got born again and I'll you know what I'll, I'll, I'll let you know this I grew up in church family did the church thing um, I, I knew I wasn't born again. I went to college knowing I wasn't born again. I did things when I, you know, I had my double life. I had my double life. And whether or not I was good at lying, it didn't matter to me. I lived it how I wanted to live it. And I did what I wanted to do. And I controlled that double life, the way I wanted to control it. Nobody could tell me what to do. I spent years on my way to school screaming at God, telling him to leave me alone because I, I could see things that he, would, he was doing in my life. In 2008, February 12th, I turned 25. And I was so excited. I was looking forward weeks in advance. I was looking forward to turning 25 and I wasn't sure yet what I wanted to do for my birthday, but I wanted to do something big. And then about two weeks before my birthday, my dad and I had this huge fight. And for about two weeks, he let me know <laughs> he was still not happy with me. And I tried to do things to make it better, but it never came out better. It just seemed to go worse. And I was at a really low, I was in a really low point. I was in a really low place. And like I told you, in 2007, people were telling me almost every day that either Jesus loved me or they were giving me the gospel. More times, um, they were giving me the gospel. And not all of them, but some of them would invite me to Christ for the Nations for their Tuesday night experience. And so... My birthday came up, my dad, instead of being off that day, like he usually was for our birthdays, he was working close to, to close, and so he was going to be gone the entire day. I was crushed. Uh, I didn't really have any money because I paid bills and stuff that weekend, and so I, I didn't want to stay home. I was heartbroken, and we had no plans to do anything that weekend either. I was so heartbroken. I suddenly thought about this Christ for the Nations Tuesday night experience. I thought, okay, well, I have time. I'll, I'll take my teenage brother and sister, and, you know, we'll all go. So there won't be a, another fight of my dad asking me, where are you? Who are you with? I'm with, I'm with my siblings, you know. So we go there, and this piece of the message where the, the guest speaker is talking, and it was a guest speaker and his son that were both preaching that night, and uh, he, he said from Hebrews, um, God is an all-consuming fire. That's how he said it, for God is an all-consuming fire. 
And in that very moment, because before then I was like, look at these people through worship. They've got their hands in the air. They're praising him. They're like, some of them are crying as we were up in the balcony. So I could see everybody. <laughs> uh, and I could be away from everybody. But in the moment where, he, where the guest speaker said, for God is an all-consuming fire, it went bam. And suddenly, suddenly Holy Spirit was there. I, I didn't really understand it was Holy Spirit at the time. But the weight of my sin, of this double life I had been living, and the simple fact that if I died in that moment, I would go to hell because for years now, since I was 16, I was completely and utterly refusing the hand that God was putting out to me. He was extending his hand of kindness and mercy and asking me if I would be his. On and on since I was 16. And I would scream at him and yell at him and refuse him and do something worse. And I was so rebellious and I was so bitter and I had so much hatred. And I didn't want him to control my life like others had controlled my life. I wanted to live my life how I wanted. I wanted to do the things that I wanted. I wanted to be the person that I wanted to be, even if it killed me. I was going to be who I was going to be, even if it killed me. Even if it meant I went to hell, I was going to be who I wanted to be. And nobody was going to tell me otherwise. And nobody was going to control me, not even God. But in this moment, I'm standing there, sitting there actually, and the weight of my sin was more than I could bear. The weight of years and years of refusing him and rebelling and screaming at him, it was more than, than I could hold on to. And it was almost like everything that I had done knowingly, done was being passed before my eyes and I hated the very person that I had become and I hated the very person that I was and I hated everything that I had done I hated it I hated the fact that I knew exactly who I needed to be where I needed to be and what I needed to be doing but I refused it and I was running away from it and in that moment God said I am an all-consuming fire, and I will burn one of two ways. I can be a fire in you now, and yet you live. Or I can be a fire in you, uh, a fire later, and yet you die. What fire do you want me to be? And in that moment, I couldn't walk away from truth. I had to be honest with myself a full understanding that I was so rebellious. I was, I knew the truth. I knew the gospel. I knew the word. I knew scripture. I took great pride in the fact that I knew all this stuff about God and I knew so many Bible verses. I knew the truth. The gospel didn't have to be given to me. I knew the gospel and I sat there and the knowledge of him being right over me. (laughs) 
laying bare and exposing my sin for the entire world to see. It felt like the entire world could see everything that was going on with me at that very moment. But I didn't even care about anybody else around me. Did not care. But there was one thing I needed to know, even with all that. I said, you know, God, if you are who you say you are, if you are what these people believe that they raise their hands to, if, if you are what they believe you are, then, then do something. Say something. Show me that you are God. Show me that you are real. I have to know. And this voice beside, behind me said, I'm here. What do you want? And that, that nearly, <laughs> I felt like my, my body just burst. I suddenly heard the audible word of God. And I knew it was like, <laughs> it was like in that moment, it was like in that moment, it was like I was Moses in that moment. And where where he was in the, 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 the crack of the mountain and God was going past him, but he had to cover him, you know, so he wouldn't die. Or I was like Isaiah, when God just, the presence of God filled the place and he fell like he, he fell down like he was dead. Or John, when he even did that. I knew in that very moment that that was God. And I told him, you do what you want with me. You do whatever you want. I'm yours. I'm, I'm, I'm yours. That's it. I'm yours. I'm not fighting you anymore. I just, it's, I'm just yours. You do whatever you want with my life. If you want to kill me right now at this very moment, I'm okay with that. You do whatever you want. It's My life is yours. You, you kill me right now if you want to kill me. I, 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 I'm just it. That's just it. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. I, I'm done. I'm yours. I'm done. I'm done. I'm yours. And I finally gave in. I gave in. And I relented my entire life to him. And in that moment, I said, I'm done. There was a, an oil, it felt like, this covering that filled me on the inside and touched me all the way from the top of my head to the, to the bottom of my feet. And the best way I can describe it, it was it felt like gold. This, <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's a proper description, but it felt like gold. And inside me, I felt alive. And suddenly I felt his love. I did what he's always wanted me to do, and I gave in. I told you at the beginning of this, I was a stubborn, stubborn, hard-headed child. And I took, I took every spanking if it meant that in some way I won. <laughs> And I was doing the same thing to God that I did to my parents. But in the very end of it all, he won. I gave in. I wasn't going to fight anymore. I gave in. I let it all go. 
and he filled me with love and he filled me with joy and I felt alive and I felt free and I can tell you right now it wasn't flowers roses sunshine and lollipops right you know since then it wasn't I was hit almost immediately with contention with a fight because not everybody liked the fact that I was born again and the devil most certainly didn't like the fact that I was born again and he used anyone and everyone that he could use to try and stop me but you see the Lord gave me a word and I held on to that word and I did something I I never really could to do do before and I submitted and I was a totally different person and when those people would ask me what's wrong with you why don't you argue with me why don't you fight me I would say I told you God changed me I'm not the same person I used to be God changed me he he made me different I don't want to fight I don't want to argue I'm, I'm not the same person. And I wasn't. I wasn't the same person. But I held on to the promise that he gave me. And I saw a change in not only my life, but my family's life. Not because of me, but because of what God did. Because that night, it wasn't just me that got born again. It was my, my teenage brother and my teenage sister. They were just coming with me to be with me. They weren't coming to expect anything. They didn't come in expectation. And quite honestly, they did the whole prayer thing beforehand too. And they had people that even told them, no, no, you didn't get born again then, February 12, 2008. You got born again before then. I know you did. You got, you, you got saved before. And they were like, no, I may have said the prayer, but I got born again right here on that night. All three of us got born again that night. Changed our lives forever. Changed our family's life. Changed, it changed everything. There has to be a place of repentance in your life where you are honest with yourself that your sin is killing you and it's sending you straight to hell. And you have to cry out to Jesus. And, and, and the, the thing is, relenting, submitting, yielding, those words that are so offensive nowadays because your feelings and your emotions, let me tell you something, are, 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 they're not, they don't really matter in that moment. But you're going to do the very thing that this world tells you not to do and that's yield and submit to God. When you repent, you're going to yield and submit to him. And you're going to tell him you are right. You are so right. I am so full of sin. If I die, I'm going to go straight to hell. And I deserve it. That's the thing right there. I deserve it. I have sinned against you, God. I've rebelled against you. I have done everything I could to completely blaspheme who you are. Because we are fully aware of what we're doing whether or not we know it's toward God or to 
break his commands, we are fully aware of what we're doing when we sin. We know we're doing wrong and we can't say otherwise. Because God gave us a conscience. A conscience means with knowledge. We know what is right and wrong. We know when we choose wrong. We know when we have broken the very law that is in our hearts. And yes, there is a law. It is our conscience. The conscience is the law of God that has been written upon our hearts. And we know whether we're doing wrong or right. That feeling of nervousness when you're contemplating committing adultery, that's your conscience telling you that's against the law of God. Run away from that temptation. When you're contemplating hate and acting on that hate, and you're kind of nervous about it, that is, a, that is your conscience telling you, that, that is the law of God telling you, this is wrong, run away from the temptation. When you want to lie to your parents and you're kind of nervous about it, you're not nervous about it because you're going to get caught. You're nervous about it because it's wrong. It is against the command of God. The law in your heart is telling you that is wrong. Run away from it. When you want to put something above God and you want to to do that instead of be with him, but for some reason you feel like you need to make amends by going to church on Easter and Christmas, that is your conscience telling you what you're doing is wrong. There is no other God but God. Put him first in your life. Run away from the temptation. Over and over again. Stealing. Um, Not making his day holy. Blaspheming his name. Not honoring your father and your mother. Even that. Not honoring your father and your mother. Not obeying your father and your mother and you feel like you wanna do something opposite to what they said, or maybe you're an adult listening and you have done the opposite of what they said, that moment, a feeling of that nervous feeling of what if I get caught? That is the conscience, that's the law of God that's written on your heart that's telling you, don't do it, run away from the temptation. We are faced with whether or not we are going to continue to walk in sin because of our conscience, because of the law of God that's written on our hearts. Everyone on this earth has it. Whether they know of God or not, that is why when we hear the gospel, it it hits us and we might be a little offended by what is said. Because it's true, because it's that, that, that realization that we have broken the law of God. We may be acting like we are a Christian and hearing a message about the gospel or even something like this may offend you right now. How dare she say I'm not born again? How dare she say I'm not a Christian? It doesn't matter what you've done or what you've said to try and convince me or anyone else. If you are going to be honest with yourself and you are, just take a moment, just take a moment 
and really be honest and truthful with yourself, not caring what anyone else around you says or thinks. Are you born again? Have you actually repented of your sin or was it just the right thing at the right time? It looked good. Are you living a holy and a righteous life because Christ is in you, not because of what you're doing or you're displaying to other people that you must be living a godly life, but what is in you? If you look on yourself from the inside out, are you born again? Are you living a holy and righteous life unto God? Or are you a fake and a phony? And you have lied to yourself and to everyone else around you. This is a good day to repent of your sin and cry out to Jesus and be born again. Because when you are honest with yourself and you realize it, you don't want to take a second to try to convince yourself otherwise. And don't you dare let the devil convince you otherwise. He's a liar and he's a thief and he wants to take you and he wants to put you in a punishment for eternity because he will be punished for eternity because he's a rebellious, phony, and a liar. He's a crook. Don't listen to him. You can have life and life abundantly. You could actually be born again. And the bitterness that's inside you, the hatred that's inside of you, maybe um, uh, this feeling of needing to be, con- needing to have control over your life and other people's lives, all that that's inside of you, that's going on inside of you, and all the pain and effort and work of having to convince everyone around you that you are actually born again, all that can go away and you can actually live a happy and joyful life being born again. But you have to choose this. In the end of it all, in the grand scheme of things, when you stand before God, you convincing everyone that you're born again matters not to Him. You will die and go to hell. Don't do this to yourself. You might be married and your spouse is born again, but you're not. They're going to be there in eternity with God, knowing that you didn't, you were a fake and you will be in eternity in hell, hating the fact that they get to be there with God for eternity and you're here, but it was all your fault. A true born born again person is full of love and joy and peace, even in tribulation. They understand what it means to be blessed by God. They understand what it means to have hands that are ready to serve Him. They understand what it means to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another, to pull each other out of the fire, to be there for one another. What it truly means to have love, peace, and joy even in the midst of tribulation knowing that God is faithful and he will always be faithful to his word, knowing that He, in his faithfulness, he sent Jesus to live this life, telling everyone about the Father, revealing to the people of Israel what was tradition and what was God, exposing that for them so that they could be free to serve God how God wanted them to serve him. And he freely gave himself as a sheep for the slaughter. And and he bled for us. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sin, that we may know God. 
that we may know what it means to be a child of God. Jesus freely sacrificed himself for you. So take what is freely being offered that you may know him and that you may know exactly what Jesus was trying to show the, the people of Israel. What it means to be a child of God and to walk in his ways and what tradition just seemed to be and religion was so that you can properly discern it and walk in his ways instead of choosing tradition. He didn't want you to choose tradition over his ways. He wants you to know him and to walk in his way and to not be held down by, you must do this, 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 and this. It was never meant to be that way. And Jesus came to show that to you and to show that to all of us. For we all have moments where we have to choose are we going to continue to flow with the things of God and what the Spirit is showing us? Or are we going to stand rigid like tradition and religion has shown us? For even in other religions, there is an, a way. You have to do it like this, this, and this, and don't you dare change it, right? There's a rigidity to other religions. It has to be this way. It can't be another way. It has to be like this. You have to pray like this. You have to act like this. You have to dress like this. You have to speak like this. It has to be like this. With, with Christ, with God, with Holy Spirit, there's a, there's, there's a fluidity. It's, it's being like Him. It's being free to be like Him instead of the rigidity of tradition. We may not look alike, we may not sound alike, we may not act the same, but we are all children of God. You know, the Bible even talks about, you know, the bride of Christ, you know, and I've talked about it before in my podcast. A toe doesn't look like a finger. The eyelashes don't look like the nose. You know, you're not, you're, you're not gonna look the same, but you're all his. It's all pieces of one body. And it's harmonious. And it's who he made you to be. And it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And take in knowing that that when you are truly his, you are truly his. He he doesn't back out from that. So you don't back out from it. Don't back out from his promise. Don't back out for what he wants to give you. And he is going to refine you. And, and what I mean by that is he's going to continue perfecting you in the faith. He's going to continue teaching you, molding you, making you into his image. And sometimes it's pretty tough, but if you yield, continue to yield, just like you did when you repented of your sin and you yielded and submitted to his authority and to what he desires of you, then you'll continue to be refined and made and shaped into his image, into his beautiful design. But that can't be done until you are born again. And the promises and the blessings of God won't come to you until you are born again. 
And it doesn't have to be certain words that you say to make you born again or certain actions that cause you to be born again. It's simply knowing that you've sinned before a holy and righteous God. You have broken his law that is written on your heart. You know what is right and wrong and you have willfully done wrong. And that you uh, have sin in your life. You you deserve going where your sin goes. You know, if 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 you're garbage, you go in the garbage. You know, it, you know, you can even if it's, you know, being recycled. You know, if you're if you're poop, you're going to go with the poop. You know what I mean? But God gave us Jesus to take that punishment for us so that we don't have to but we have to willingly admit and submit to the fact that Jesus did it for us and cry out to him in repentance, no longer wanting the sin in our life, but wanting the holiness and righteousness that Jesus can freely give us, washing us and cleansing us and removing our sin and putting on us righteousness and putting on us holiness and perfection we are no longer spotted but he's washed us and he's made us new he's made us pure and white and he's cleaned us you know it's like a penny you put it in the special cleaning solution and you know, it suddenly doesn't look like a, a, a thing of dirt. It, you can see every grain in it. It's cleansed. It's, it's, it's made like new. It's a shiny new penny. And, and that's, what, that's what Jesus does for us. His blood washes us and cleanses us and make us, makes us new. But we have to admit we need him. We have to cry out to him for salvation. We have to, we have to ask him to save us from the, the prison of sin. We, we are prisoners to sin. The more we do it, the more we want to do it, the more we find ourselves doing it. It's like an addiction. It's like a drug. You know, heroin is, is something that we can, that people become so dependent on that they actually do need it or they die. I, I just want to point this out. Jesus can heal you and deliver you from a heroin addiction. He, he can do it. Over and over again, um, it's been done. Jesus can heal you and save you from heroin addiction without you physically dying. He can remove that, that need from you. But sin is like an addiction. You continue doing it. You have to do it. And you find yourself doing more in order to continue thriving, if you want to call it that, surviving. And you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper in sin. Because you got to have more, got to have more, you got to feed it. And, and when we cry out to Jesus, we're actually asking him to save us from that addiction of sin. And cleansing us from it. And making us completely new where we don't even have that desire, that, that desire to sin. Do we fall into temptation sometimes? Yeah, we're... We're still flesh. We're still... We're still flesh. We're still human. 
but we we still have Jesus. We still have the Father to go, I screwed up. And we can go to him boldly and say, I screwed up. And he's like, yeah, I know. But you know, you just, I love you. You just keep going. Just keep going. I love you. Just keep going. Don't, don't, don't sit and contemplate the fact that you sin. Just keep, just keep going. I've, I, I'm, I'm making you new. Every day I'm making you new. And that's what he's doing. And that's what he's doing for those who are born again. We're not perfection itself, but we can be made new and we're righteous because of Jesus. And it says that we get to be co-heirs with Christ. He's given us back the authority that we were supposed to have in the first place. The devil doesn't have the authority over our lives because when we're in sin, the devil has authority over our lives. He wants to use us, we say, okay. And we get used, and we want, we may not even know it, but we are being used by him when we are in sin. But Jesus takes us, when we're born again, completely free of the hold of sin and hold of the devil. He has no authority over our lives. He can't kill us. We have authority over him when we're born again. And we can say, no. You have to be born again. To walk in the blessing and the fullness of God, you have to be born again. To be able to, with joy, endure persecution, you have to be born again. To continue going when chaos is all around you and you can walk in peace, you have to be born again. To walk every day in the joy knowing that you're free from sin, you have to be born again. To know that you no longer, when you die, you, you're not even afraid to die. You can face death laughing. You have to be born again. To know you don't, you, when you stand before God, you'll stand in joy knowing you don't have to go to hell. You have to be born again. To know him as father, you have to be born again. Like I said before, the prodigal son ran back to his father, willing to be a servant, to not even have the status as son, but to be a humble servant in his father's home. Just to be there, he knows he'll he'll get to eat, he'll get he'll be he'll have clothes, he won't have to feed the pigs anymore, he won't have to steal their their food in order to survive. He was willing and he humbled himself before his father, his master, the very one who can say, you know what? I I don't know you. Send this man away. His father could have done that. But he humbled himself before his father. He fell on his knees and said, I don't deserve to be called your son. But please just make me a servant. I have sinned before you, father. And I don't deserve the benefits of being a son, but I'm willing to be a servant. And his son was willing to take on anything. He humbled himself. He was honest with himself. And he saw where he was. And he saw, maybe I could just live a little bit okay. He humbled himself. He was honest. He had sinned. He had sinned. He lived a lascivious life. 
and threw away everything his father worked so hard for that his father gave to him willingly. And he was honest and said, look at me. And he went to his father and he humbled himself and his father answered him with love and joy and forgiveness. And he gave him his best robe and he gave him his best ring and he put his best shoes on him and he gave him a party to have him back. He said, my, my son was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. It doesn't matter what ist you are right now or if you have pretending, pretended most of your life to be a Christian. You have a father. You have a father who has willingly given you life. You continue to walk the face of this earth with life. And you have talents and a personality and characteristic characteristics that he has given to you freely. And you have squandered every little bit of it doing what you want and how you want and when you want and you continue to wallow in sin and you feed the pigs and you eat their slop because that's how you survive and you are in it deep but there's a God our father who doesn't desire any man to die in sin, any man, woman, child to die in their sin, but he desires them to repent. He does not desire anyone to die in sin. He does desire for you to come and humble yourself before him and cry out to him and say, I have sinned against you and against your name and I don't deserve I don't deserve to be called your son, your daughter. I don't deserve it. And when you honestly and willingly and humbly come before God in that manner, knowing you have sinned against him, knowing you have blasphemed his name, knowing you have done everything that you know is wrong, even though you know what is right, and you are honest with yourself and you come before him and you lay yourself down before him and you say, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against your name. I don't deserve to be called your son and daughter. When you are willing to do that and humble yourself before him and ask for forgiveness, you repent of your sin. That's what repentance is right there. That's what humbling yourself before him and being honest and saying, I have sinned against you willfully sinned against you every little bit of it when you lay your life down who you are what you are it doesn't matter what your title is in life or who your family is there's no caste system with God but when you lay your life down and everything about your life and who you are in your life and what you've done in your life and how much money you make or how much money you don't make and you lay yourself down before him and you say I have sinned against you God And I don't deserve being called a child of God. I don't deserve everything that you've given to me willfully. I've squandered it all. 
when you humble yourself and repent before him for the sins that you committed in your life, for disobeying him over and over and over again. He will act upon it just like that father did with the story of the prodigal son that Jesus talked about. That was the story that Jesus gave. He gave you the gospel right there. And what did the father do? He took his son and lifted him up. And he said, My son was dead, but is alive again. He was lost, but he was found. Get the best robe. Get the best shoes. Get the best rings. Put them put on him. Bathe him. Let's have a party. He's back. When you humble yourself before God, because there is only one God and the only way to get to him is through Jesus. He is the only way. When you cry out to Jesus and humble, humble yourself before him and repent of your sin. Because now it's not just I've sinned before God. Now it's I spit on the very sacrifice that Jesus did for me. He paid the penalty of my sin. He took everything wrong that I did and he put it upon himself and he suffered the punishment and the shame of being sinful when he never did anything wrong. It was just me. It was just all my sin. It was just everything I did wrong. And he put it upon himself and he said, I will suffer for them. I will take the punishment for them. I will take the blame for them. And he suffered and he took it all for you. But this whole time you said, F you, Jesus, I'm going to do whatever I want. And you spit upon him and spit upon what he did for you. And maybe people have told you that he's just a nice person and he was a nice figure in history, but he's not real. He is real. He laid down his life for you. He took every, he, he took, there was so much that, that they did to him. They beat him, pulled his hair out. They whipped him. I mean, the Bible says that you couldn't even tell who he was after all that they did to him. And he willingly took it all. All their mockery. He willingly took it all for you, knowing that when he got on that cross and he shed his blood for you and he willingly paid the price for you by by paying the price of sin and death. He knew that it was going to give you a wide and open door to salvation. I know it says narrow is the, the gate. I understand. I'm just saying suddenly you have a way where there was no way. Suddenly every man, woman, and child has a way where there was no way. And it's for everyone to have an opportunity, everyone, every single person. There's nothing that you've done that's so bad that, that Jesus will say no to. He'll still take you. He, 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 he did it. He, he, he knows what you did. He knows everything. And he willingly took that awful thing that you did and he put it upon himself. And he said, I will bear the blame and the punishment and the shame for this so that they don't have to. He took upon himself for you, for me, so that you have a way of being free from it. And 
no longer be addicted to sin. And you can go and lay yourself before him and say, I've sinned against you. And all that you did, Jesus, all that you did for me, and I'm not worthy to be called a child of God. When you humble yourself like that, he will answer. And he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He will cleanse you of all that sin. He will give you what he did for you. Remove it all. Make you pure. Make you a child. Give you the ability to hear God. To walk with God. To feel God. Because the Holy Spirit will come. And it will revive the Spirit in you. And suddenly... You'll become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the presence of God, His very presence will live in you. And if you give Him the chance, He will fill you. He will fill you with such power and authority and love and joy and peace. You will be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the darkness and the sin of this world. And where you are the weakest, he is the strongest. And you get to rely on that. Don't live another day in sin when you so lovingly have the chance to be free from it. That is simply what this episode is about. I don't want you to die in your sin because another second and another moment is not promised to you. It doesn't matter who your mama is. It doesn't matter if she's a Christian or if your grandma's a Christian or if your grandpa's a pastor or a bishop. It doesn't matter if, if they're a holy person. You are the only one that's going to stand before God when you die. They don't get to speak for you. And ancestors of the past don't get to speak for you either. You will stand before God. Don't live another second trying to convince other people that you are born again. Actually get born again. Actually be a Christian by submitting yourself to Christ. Like, why why lie to people? Why lie to yourself? Why, why take the chance of dying and going to hell when you know the truth be free from sin cry out to Jesus humble yourself before him yield and to sum- and submit to who he is and what he has done for you and let him free you from it all and you know what if you hear this podcast and and you cry out to Jesus maybe you need a church to go to I know a church (laughs) that is full of Holy Spirit, that is full of revival, that is full of the love of God. And I will unashamedly, unashamedly recommend this church to you. It is the church I go to. And I am recommending this church to you and not saying, oh, just go to one nearby. Do whatever it takes to get to Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas. The address is 310 West Pipeline Road, Hearst, Texas, 76053. 
do whatever it takes to get there. Because the power of God, he, oh, he's pouring out so much. He's delivered people of depression and suicide, panic attacks and anxiety. He's healed people, back pain, knee pain, all kinds of pain. He's healing people. He's giving them joy and raising them up and letting them know that there's hope. He's giving them boldness. They're going out and preaching the gospel and telling everyone. So I'm telling you here, do whatever it takes to get there. To Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas, this little, this little church in this little city. But I know God is shining a light over it because God is doing something here. He is doing something powerful and it's changing lives. If you're a pastor and you are tired, come get rest. If you're a pastor or in some kind of part of ministry and you are depressed and suicidal, get to Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas. Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas. The pastor is Cletus Adrian. Do whatever it takes to get there. He has, the Lord has done such a work in people's lives and there will be testimony after testimony of people that God has delivered of depression and suicide. You don't need medication for it. He will deliver you from it. I'm telling you, it's real. It's raw. His presence is raw and real and honest and alive and full of love. And you can go back home with a refiring and a rejuvenation of who God has called you to be and delivered of depression and suicide. God is doing something at Deliverance Bible Church and I'm telling you, do whatever it takes to get there. I'm not asking you to, to leave your church forever. I'm just saying to come and experience what God is doing and take it home and tell others and let them experience what you have experienced. Pray for them. You'll get to take some of revival back with you. Pray for them. Tell others about it. What God has done for you. And I'm ending with that. I want you guys to concern yourself with where you are right now today with Christ and what will happen if you stand before God and to be honest with it. Be blessed. <laughs>